and we are live once again with the Crossroads Music Podcast. And oh, that was perfect, Eric. That was so good. I have to kind of stabilize it, so uh, I'm gonna try that technique next time. That was actually really good. Uh, yeah, we are a weekly music podcast. And I'm super nervous for this week's episode because I feel like this is probably going to be our last one because we're going to get canceled for all the things we're going to say. But Eric, your drink of choice Uh, for today. uh, Before that, I want to say thank you for all your viewers, uh, views, and listens. Um, (laughs) If this is our last one, we will surely miss all of it. But I I don't even know what it's about, so (laughs) I've never seen Kem this antsy before. But, nevertheless, to cope with this mechanism, what a great way to drink beer. (laughs) It's a segue into beer. Um, This is called the Blue Buck by Phillips Brewing, one of my favorite brewing companies here in BC, uh, all the way in Victoria. It is the Blue Buck, and it is just your standard ale, and it is delicious. This is like... uh, I don't know if you're a beer drinker, Kim, um, nope. but essentially it's like a uh, Mill Street kind of oh, okay. beer, like the like you know what I mean. So or M- MGD or Miller Genuine Draft, I think that's what it is. I don't know. What, I forgot what about it. I don't know if there's an acronym so or not. <laughs> MGD, MGD, like people the the fans will know, but this is like your standard, but it's delicious, good. It tastes amazing. I've had this many times before, so. Sweet. Luton, thanks for tuning in. Chasing Dryflies, how's it going? What is up, everybody? And yeah, Luton's going to report us if needed. Uh, so yeah, thanks for tuning in to our very last podcast ever uh, because we're, I'm looking through the topic list right now and this is not going to be a fun ride. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Anyways, um, well, that was your drink. I, I assume, Eric, you uh, do like that drink since you say it's your one of your favorites, correct? Yes, yes. This is definitely, I would put this on a top five for me oh, for drinking, wow. for sure. Okay. So. All right, let's get into it. Uh, we start this off with what we've been listening to this past week. So, Eric, what have you been listening to? Oh, Kem. Oh, Kem. I will start off with actual stuff. And then I'll start okay. off with a hilarity. Oh, um, okay. So I checked out uh, a couple of Liam Gallagher dropped a couple new singles off his newest album. Um, okay. So the one uh, Everything's Electric with Dave Grohl. Uh, that's a kick ass song. I've so I heard good. it before last time you told me to check it out. Uh, but he has two more uh, Come On You Know and Better Days. And you know what? I'm actually excited for this album to come out because even though he's such a narcissistic prick, uh like he does produce good music like he does come out with good music so it's so strange because like if you think about oasis um liam gallagher's like he's not a songwriter from albums one to like three like the Mm. big albums really uh and even the the songs that he does contribute to oasis later on they're like mediocre at best so to me like a solo album from liam gallagher now is like and it's sounding good. I'm pretty surprised. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I I'm actually looking forward to this. I'm actually looking forward to it coming out. Uh, I'm check it out. We actually have a Liam Gallagher story uh, later on when we get to the music oh, news. But I will save it. It's actually pretty funny. He's so funny. Like he just <laughs> never ceases to entertain. You know. Yeah. Um. The next uh 
single that I checked out was Reverse the Curse by Alexis is on Fire off their Ooh, new album. I was gonna bring, I was gonna bring that up too because I've been listening to that. What do you think about Alexis on Fire's new song? I actually really like it. Like I like it better than their actual other original, The Sweet Dreams of Otherness. Like mm-hmm. I did like that song, but I feel like this one's like this one reminds me of old school Alexis on Fire kind of thing, right? And yeah. and it's just I don't know. Like I think it sounds kick ass. But what are your thoughts? No, it's really good. Um, I feel like I I know Lexus on Fire hasn't released like like new new music in the last decade or so, but I feel like the last few releases they've gone really sort of like hardcore. Like it's been to the point where it's like really screamo. Uh, but this feels a bit more like early Alexis on Fire, where it's not as intense. Uh, mm-hmm. which I sort of enjoy. It's got a little bit more of Dallas Green singing on it, and it's a pretty good song. I See, I'm, it's funny because I'm not into screaming music, but I just feel like it just works with Dallas Green's voice. Yeah. And I can't remember the other guy's name. I always forget the other guy's name. I forgot, yeah. But anyways, yeah, they just it just works so well together, and it's yeah. just so dynamic and awesome. Um, I'm really looking forward to this album, especially after listening to that single um i checked out which i'm i'm so like i thought this song was kick-ass and then the next day i checked it out the album or the ep dropped uh portals from uh kirk hammett yep it was sick i thought it was awesome okay i want to get your thoughts because i've only listened to the single that was released and as soon as it came out i think it was friday i ordered the physical like cd off of metallica's website so i'm just waiting for it to show up in the mail i think you're gonna like it it's like it's just definitely like a jam fest fest going on like it's just it's awesome guitar i think higher planes drifter is probably like i i don't know it has that kind of like western theme about it which is kind of mm-hmm. sick to it but it, the, i i actually think you'll like the other album the gin is probably one of my favorite songs oh, my but God. i'm so excited because yeah. it's so strange to see a member of Metallica do something solo. It's so rare for that to happen. Um, I don't want to spoil it because I kind of want you to <laughs> listen and get the same kind of reaction that I had when I listened to it because I was like, this is sick. <laughs> this I'm so is badass. I'm so excited to listen to it. Um, and then uh, I checked out... So this band's been around for a while, but I haven't actually checked them out. But uh, this is a rock Mexican band. Um, or a Mexican rock band, I should say, called uh, The Warning, which I don't know if you've heard of them. They're are they, three are girls. Are they Mexican or are they from Brazil? I have to look. Maybe this up they're now. from Brazil. Here, let me see. I have to look this up now because I think they were from Mexico. The back of my head says Brazil, but it could be Mexican. Oh, Mexican. you're right. Nope, yeah. three Mexican sisters. Yes. Yeah, yeah. three Mexican sisters. Um, so they did an Enter Sandman cover on the oh yeah on the blacklist and these girls are awesome like i checked out their latest album just to check it out um uh queen of the murder scene and it's kind of like a mixture of hard rock mixed with like metallica so it has that metal feel but it's it's more of like a driving hard rock and i think that they're awesome as a three-piece band like you know uh but I i would check them out i think you would like like them for sure yeah, they're pretty um, like they're pretty talented. Like when they first went viral, I I'm pretty sure it was an Enter Sandman cover on YouTube, and they were like, I think the youngest kid was like nine or something. Mm. Um, 
but yeah, um, they have they have original music now, I guess. But I haven't actually listened to them. But it's good that uh, it's good to hear that you think they're good, because maybe I'll check it out. I quite enjoyed them. Uh, and then this this I'm saving for last, because we talked about this on the cast. Oh, no. oh and I told no. I told everybody at work, and they were surprised that the that the show was sold out. But this is no other than himself. John Hinckley's album, Dark is the Night, and it is the hilarity of it, Kevin. Okay, okay, just a bit background for everyone listening. So last last week we discussed John Hinckley, and he is the guy who almost assassinated Ronald Reagan. Uh, apparently Came the close. bullet was like inches away from killing Ronald Reagan. Uh, and he went to jail, and now he's a songwriter. Once now oh. he's out. That is the album, the glorious <laughs> album cover. The glorious <laughs> album, no what? other than John Hinckley himself. Why is that the album? It's Why just it so album for cover? for all you li- like listeners and not actually watching the live stream. Um, uh, this is a mugshot, pretty much, <laughs> of John Hinckley, and it what looks like a striped shirt. Right, so I don't know if it's a prison shirt or if he got this from like Mark's Work Warehouse or something. Yeah, that's definitely uh, his own shirt. But, but yes. Uh, so this, it's it's like, it's hilarious because, like, when you click on the singles off the actual full album, like like so, Vagabonds is the recent one that just came out, right? Okay. It's considered pop, right? Okay. And then you you check out another one. Like Dark is the Night, which is probably his best song. Oh no. <laughs> like like it's like country pop, but it's it's so bad. It's so bad. Like I don't know why people are buying concert tickets and why the show is sold out. Like I, I actually don't know why, because it is so bad that it felt like it was like a taking a goat. <laughs> from a farm and saying you know what we're we're just gonna have the goat sing on the album and oh, then his, his we're going to bad too yeah so we're gonna put the microphone at the end of an air duck and then you're gonna play the guitar on the other side of the air duck so it's very tank like it's just so badly done like everything <laughs> about it and it, it sounds like a goat is singing on the album that's what it sounds like <laughs> But it it is so bad that it's hilarious. It, it's actually hilarious. I was crying of laughter when I heard it. Luton says it's America. Oh. He doesn't get surprised anymore. Oh my god! I can't believe. Okay, does is it like just guitar and vocals? Like standard oh, singer songwriter. He, he writes the songs, but like even the structures of the song don't make any sense. Like I've never actually listened to a song before and was confused of like, is this the chorus or like what what are we at here? Because it's literally like there's usually some sort of transition or something in music that goes through like an intro that leads up to the verse that leads up to the core. Like it just builds up, right? A song will naturally build up no matter even, even like your generic pop songs that are out there that we don't usually gravitate towards. Mm-hmm. It's just so like, you know, it has its, it has its elements, right? It has like the intro and then you have like, you know, the verse and then you have the, the chorus that everybody sings that plays on top 40 so many times. This actually is like, just like, it's like 
I don't even know how to describe it because it's just nothing like I've never heard this before in my life. It's literally just like forget any kind of transition. It's like, okay, you're playing the verse and now chorus. Like it's just like, no, no, we need, it's too much space, too much gaps in between the verse and the chorus. So right after you finish the last word of the verse, you will start singing the chorus like right after that, right? It's It's just... It's like midway through somebody asking you, like, or telling you a story, right? Like, it's just like midway through the sentence that just doesn't make any sense, right? I don't know why It's just people... so badly, like, I have never heard music like this before, Cam. I can, <laughs> I can guarantee you. But let me just get, like, sort of the genre. So you said it's like country pop, but is it like just guitar and vocals? Or is it like drums, bass, like a full band type of thing? It's like it's mostly guitar and vocals. Okay, okay, that's could, what it is. I guess he couldn't find anyone to play with him. Yeah, uh, it, it's like it's like taking the village idiot and then making him sing a song. <laughs> village, like that's that's what this is. Chasing Dragonflies has a pretty uh, good burn. I guess he's as good at me- at music as he is a, at murder. Yeah, uh, yeah, as assassinating. Yeah, I would agree. Accurate, accurate, very yeah. accurate. <laughs> Chasing Jeffrey says that's controversial. What the village idiot comment? I thought it was funny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. I guess I guess we'll just start it off with a lightly controversial statement. Yeah, that was then. like partial, partial controversial. Yeah. It'll get yes. It'll get worse. Trust me. It will get way worse later on. Well, you know what? The fans are calling us out. I, I, I agree. I think you should add that on that. Jesus the Christ. Idiot. Fine, fine, fine. I will update the counter to one. John yeah. Hinckley is, is the like, village idiot. Is the village idiot? Okay. Is the village. He, he definitely is. <laughs> In this case, he definitely is. <laughs> um. Loon did make a comment. This this guy's making more money than us, which is a tragedy. Which is probably true. If you sell out, even if you sell out like a like a small music venue, that's a decent amount of money. If you're just playing a guitar and singing, absolutely. <laughs> Anyways, um, like it's like taking the village and making him play a song. Yeah. Uh, Okay, fine. We'll count that. <laughs> All right, Eric. Anything else you've been listening to? We need to stop uh, promoting that. That is definitely <laughs> that. That that is the end note, right there. We need to stop promoting this criminal. <laughs> I know we have. We have to. We have to stop because it's. It's not like, even good. It's not even good music. <laughs> like I'm. I'm almost wondering. Like like I'll say one more comment. I'm almost wondering if he actually paid and for all the tickets himself. Like he actually put money and bought all the tickets for his own show just to say it was sold out to give the hype. Oh god! <laughs> like maybe. that's what that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, maybe. Ah, oh, jeez. Um, cool. Anyways, uh, things I've been listening to. Um, yeah, we talked about Alexis on Fire for a bit there. I've been listening to that. Honestly, I actually started listening to Metallica again. It's been it's been a hot minute for me. Uh, but because Kirk Hammett did his solo stuff. Uh, I don't know. I just had Metallica playing in the background. I was like, this is pretty cool. <laughs> I remember these <laughs> songs. These are pretty good songs. Um, so, yeah, that was pretty much all I was listening to. Uh, Luton, good point. Uh, technically not an official release, but Chasing Dragonflies on the main YouTube channel has released 
uh, Drifting Worries. It's a full studio version. Uh, I didn't really intend on releasing that uh, at this point, but I actually needed it for a competition. Uh, so I just made it public, basically. I just I just want to say I'm the first listen, by the way. <laughs> so and I and I made a comment on the YouTube. Yeah, there good. on the I YouTube's. Saw I saw that. Thanks for the uh, boost on the algorithm there. No, no, it was awesome. I thought it was great. <laughs> it was great. I love that song. That's a great, great tune. Yeah, yeah. Um, but other than that, uh, haven't been listening to too much. Um, so let's move on. Luton would ten out of ten by. Uh, the album that doesn't exist just yet. So, um, all right. Today in music history, today is April twenty fifth, nineteen seventeen. Jazz singer Ella Fitzgerald is born in Newport News, Virginia. Classic, like a legend. Yeah, legend. Yeah. Uh, actually, we're gonna have a lot of uh, birthdays uh, for today. So uh, let's fire them off. Nineteen twenty three, blues guitarist Albert King is born yes. in Indianapolis. No, sorry. Indian Indianola, Mississippi. That's a weird there, city name. There is a show that you could watch. I think it's still on YouTube, but it's BB King, Albert King, and Freddie King. The three kings. Ooh, and it was it, it's just like shred fest for blues. <laughs> like it's insane. I can but imagine. I hi- highly recommend it. But oh, yeah. That's a pretty sick lineup. Uh, 1945, Stu Cook, basis for Credence Clearwater Revival, is born in Oakland, California. Um, and then more birthdays. 1950, Steve Ferrone, drummer for Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, is born in Brighton, England. Uh, this would be the second drummer for uh, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, which would mm. explain why he's born in England. Uh, 1960s, singer of Exodus, Paul Baloff, is born in San Francisco. 1965, Jane's Addiction bass player Eric Avery is born in Los Angeles. And I think that's it for birthdays. I feel like that's it, but we might run into one a bit later. Uh, Here's a weird one. 1974, Pamela Corson, who was Jim Morrison's girlfriend and the one who found him dead in a bathtub, dies of a heroin overdose at age 27. So just another person uh, succumbing to the curse of the 27. Hmm. Isn't that freaky though? Jim Morrison dies that, at twenty-seven. His girlfriend eventually dies at twenty-seven. Yeah, that is freaky. Yeah, there's probably some sort of hoodoo stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, nineteen seventy-five. Alice Cooper's horror music special, Alice Cooper: The Nightmare, airs on ABC. Alice Cooper. I love Alice Cooper, but like, man, that was such a strange time where people are like, Alice Cooper's the devil. <laughs> I could totally it, believe it, though. Uh, yeah, but like you look at it now, it's just like this is cheesy. <laughs> it totally is cheesy, totally. But like uh, Alice Cooper, it's one of those guys where like I could see people being scared of him, especially in that time area, mm. right? But like deep down, he's just a geek, <laughs> right? Yeah, he plays golf. That's his favorite thing to do. He just plays golf all the time, which is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> uh 1985 exodus released their first studio album bonded by blood thrash metal band from the bay area in san francisco if you're trying to get into metal in general or thrash metal exodus isn't a bad place to start uh 1990 i definitely got the date wrong here sorry 1987 u2's fifth album the joshua tree hits number one in america We've done a review on Joshua Tree, 
Didn't we? We. Yeah. Okay. Such okay. a good album. Yeah. It's really good. Like, yeah. Uh, 1990, a London auction house sells the Fender Stratocaster on which Jimi Hendrix played the U.S. national anthem at Woodstock for $295,000. And what, what year was that? 1990. Wow. That's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. For a freaking burnt guitar. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Can't even, like, I don't even know if he could play it. No, he just frame it i think you just put in a case in the glass case and you just display it Mm -hmm. it's probably unusable (laughs) um eric i don't know if you remember this one but 1992 jump by crisscross hits number one in the u.s where it stays for eight weeks do you know crisscross the little hip-hop group yeah i remember that song (laughs) i remember that song such a strange such a strange time the 90s um april 25th 1994 a jury rules that michael bolton's 1991 hit love is a wonderful thing plagiarized the isley brothers 1966 song of the same name and awards 5.4 million in damages we've discussed this on a previous episode we definitely have that sounds so familiar (laughs) um Skipping along, 2003, the parents of the late Doors frontman Jim Morrison sue the remaining members for touring with a new singer as the Doors 21st century using the band's image and logo. I actually want to get your thoughts on this because um, to me, I feel like this is something you shouldn't be able to sue for. If like, if you're going under the a different name, they're calling the calling themselves the doors 21st century Mm -hmm. i don't know i feel like that's that's a pass i feel like that's a pass too because that's like uh what's the guy's name that's singing for queen now oh um american idol singer fuck yeah oh my god i can i can anybody in the uh please chat chat can help us out help help us out here um, there are so many names to remember, but but I, I just feel like that's that's a completely different thing because, you know, some bands aren't able to cope with losing the member and then the band versus, right? Mm-hmm. Like Nirvana, for instance, right? right? Now, yes, we all know like Kurt Cobain is definitely Nirvana mm-hmm. for sure, but like, and it makes sense why they wouldn't go on, right? Uh, Queen is another interesting one too because Adam Lambert. Uh, there you go. Thank you, Luton. Adam Lambert. Yes, thank you. So uh, Queen is another interesting one because it's like the band is still there, but Freddie Mercury is the band, right? And I still think that like Adam Lambert can sing all he wants, but he's never going to be as good as Freddie Mercury was. I'm sorry. It's just I I just don't think it's going to happen. You right? think Adam Lambert? Okay. I'm not going to make the argument that Adam Lambert can't fill Freddie Mercury's shoes, but like, like vocally. Yes. Vocally. Yes. But for pure stage entertainment, I don't think so. I still think they could put on a good show. I think Adam Lambert is talented enough, like stage wise Mm -hmm. that they can still put on a show. Interesting. Okay. That's, that's my personal take on that one. That's a completely different topic that we could talk about what, what i'm getting at is is it's similar to the doors the doors are like we just lost jim morrison let's we want to continue on with the band here we want to keep the band going 
So we'll call ourselves the Doors 20. Like, I, I just don't see the difference in doing that. But, like, I don't understand why you would, like, oh, well, that's bullshit. Bullshit. We're suing the band. Like, I just think that's that's a little bit kind of crazy. I think if you go under a different name, I'm fine with it. Like, like a band like Thin Lizzy, I feel like should not have continued after Phil and it died. Right? And just Yeah, like, but would you sue? Would you sue the band, though? I was the parents of like 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 even like like what I'm getting at is like you don't agree yeah I agree like I agree when Thin Lizzy left I don't think the band like whoever the new guy was is just trash right <laughs> and and it's just not Thin Lizzy anymore it's it's just not but would I go out of my way to sue them I think that's a little bit ridiculous because then that means you're going to be suing all these other bands that have done the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) But maybe I missed this part of the story, but it's the parents of Jim Morrison that sued the band. Mm -hmm. Well, which is fair. I completely get it. But like you you could say that with any of the other bands. though. No, but I feel like, I think my argument here is that because they're called the Doors 21st century, I don't think they should be sued by the parents of Jim Morrison. It's very clearly a different band. It's not like... Yeah. They got I don't a, think they should be sued regardless. Regardless, uh, if they change their name, I agree. I think changing their name, I like the fact that they did that mm-hmm. because then it's like it differentiates Jim Morrison's time with the Doors versus this new era of the Doors, right? Mm-hmm. But but who knows, right? Because then you got a band like Kiss who are passing the torch on to <laughs> four new other guys. So what the hell do I know? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Kiss is going to go on forever. Chasing Dragonflies thinks that uh, no one should be sued. But I don't know. I think there's a case to be made. Like, this is probably not the same allegory. But, like, if Prince is backing (laughs) band. So cold-hearted. The person is dead. Person is dead. Move on. But like, if Prince is backing bands, I'm just kidding. Went on tour and said we're Prince and just replaced Prince with like someone else. I don't know. I feel like Prince's estate should sue them. But see, okay, that that's different. I feel like that's different because Prince is Prince. Like, (laughs) okay, it's like I need to think of it's like putting it's like putting lipstick on a. Okay, how about the Nirvana thing? Maybe if Dave Grohl didn't start the Foo Fighters and then Dave Grohl and Chris, whatever his last name is, started going out and saying we're Nirvana still. I don't know. I just... Courtney. If I was Courtney Love, I would sue sue them. I mean, she already has, but like... See, I kind of agree with you if the band was at that greatness of level of playing. Because... (laughs) Like, ah, but then this, this this kills my argument because I feel like Jim more like the Doors are even Jim though Morrison. I I never really like the Doors. Doors are trash. Let's just say that. But, okay, I'm just gonna. No, you know what? I'm gonna stick above my guns here. I'm gonna stick the with my doors guns here. So the are Doors are trash. trash. You're right. The Doors are trash. Uh yes, they wrote big hits and everything, but could the world do without them? Probably yes. <laughs> right. But but I mean, what I'm saying here is with a band like Nirvana that has actually influenced and changed music, <laughs> I feel like maybe that's that's you know grounds to sue, right? 
I guess. But then, but then, sorry, I'm going to go back to my point then. But then you'd have to sue Queen then. Sorry. <laughs> Freddie Mercury doesn't have any living uh, heirs or parents for that matter, I think. Fine, I'll sue the band. <laughs> I'll sue the band. <laughs> I don't know. That, that's such a tough art. I don't know which way I'm going to go with this. Uh, let's just leave this as unresolved because I actually don't. Exactly. Yeah. We'll let the, <laughs> we'll let the chat room decide. <laughs> uh, Chasing Dragonfly says, if people want to see Nirvana minus Burt Cobain, who cares? <laughs> if people want to see Nirvana without Kurt Cobain, I call them crazy. Are you nuts? I, I would call them crazy too. Why? Why would you see Nirvana without Kurt Cobain? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that's... That's stupid. Like he, he, he is the band. Yeah, I don't care who right? else is in this band. It's... Anyways, yeah. that's a different argument. Let's move on. We're stuck on that. Um, I wouldn't sue. They distinguished themselves, which is more than most bands did. <laughs> anyways let's let's move on from this topic it's there's i can't think about it yes we can Um, keep running in circles here yeah uh 2007 monster mash singer bobby boris pickett at age 69 passes away due to complications from leukemia i mean that song is so overplayed but that guy has probably made so much freaking money i wish i wrote the monster mash i wish i was famous for writing it like how much how much royalties oh my god can we who who owns that catalog right now and how much money would you get for selling that one right now oh that would be like that one song yeah that one song that would be i mean every halloween i hear it yeah like at least at least like 80 times because it's on somewhere or someone's driving by with it on, right? You got hundred of millions. Uh, what would for it that be? One. You think for one song? For one song? I'd I'd say fifty million. Fifty million to seventy five million is like I think is a reasonable number for one song. I would say I kind of I'm kind of leaning towards what you're saying. But I'll say 25, just for okay, the sake of Around it. there. Let's see. 25. I'm sure someone's going to sell the Monster Mash at some point. The day that it gets sold, we will we will come back to this episode <laughs> and remember. Okay. And who will be closer will be right. Lynn says that song is a banger. Uh, you'll have to talk to the, the soul of Elvis Presley, who thinks it's the biggest pile of garbage he's ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Um, why are my dates all messed up on my notes? Uh, 2002, I think this date's wrong, but 30-year-old Lisa Left Eye Lopes of TLC dies in a car accident in Honduras after swerving to avoid oncoming, uh, traffic. Uh, man, TLC is such a, such a great R&B band, but the personalities in that band there's no way they're they're gonna survive that's crazy Mm -hmm. 
Um, and then finally, last thing, April 25th, 2006, Bruce Springsteen releases We Shall Overcome the Seeger Sessions, a collection of songs popularized by Pete Seeger, which uh, if you haven't heard that, that's actually a really good album. I haven't actually heard that. I'd have to check that out. It's worth checking out. All right. Uh, Chasing Dragonflies also is in favor of Monster Mash. I am not a fan of Monster Mash. so You know what? I've heard it so many times that I'm not either. <laughs> but I understand why the song exists. And I, and I am fully in agreement that it is should be where it is. For sure. It's just I've heard it so many times that I just can't stand uh, all right, Eric, we're in the music news section. Um, so we're going to start off with controversy. more controversy. <laughs> Jesus. I wouldn't even... say that. That's an opinion. That is totally an opinion. <laughs> we haven't even that. got to the controversial we would, topics yet. We would have so many controversial statements, like with like when we reviewed the Kenny G album <laughs> and like all these other albums. So I would have to disagree there, but I... I I like I like what you're saying putting down there, Luton. <laughs> uh, all right, we're at the music news section. Uh, we're going to start off with some light stuff first, and then eventually you'll just get more more and more serious. Butter and, butter everybody up. Uh, yeah. Um, Slowly bring them to that and then level. Is, I don't even know what's going to happen, ladies and gentlemen. So this will be the end well, of us. No, uh, I'm just here to drink beer. <laughs> Okay, uh, first news article of the day. Uh, the Walton family, a.k.a. the family behind Walmart, will be starting their own music festival. It will be in the Ozarks in northern Arkansas and will be called Format Festival. Uh, so Format standing for Music Art Technology. Uh, notable names so far on this festival bill are the uh, the War on Drugs, Nile Rogers and Sheik, The Flaming Lips, and Herbie Hancock. Okay, that's not that bad. Yeah, it's a nice eclectic mix of uh, acts, but... I just feel like, I don't know what it is, but like Walmart. <laughs> like I did hear that, right? Yeah, the like Walmart. Walmart yeah. yeah, the family behind Walmart. The family behind Walmart. That started and owns Walmart and runs it. I mean, um, I was actually talking about this to a friend. Like I would go see the Flaming Lips live. Are the Flaming Lips a band you would go pay a ticket for, or are they a band that you would go see at a festival? I would probably, I don't know, if they played at a small venue, kind of like, like the Opera House, like I'd pay like thirty to fifty bucks. <laughs> I don't think you're them. gonna get in with thirty to fifty bucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, no, I agree with that. Flaming Lips are a, you know theater size band not a stadium arena size band yeah um flame Lips would be a cool show to watch though uh but anyways uh if you want to see a fest music festival sponsored by or run by walmart northern arkansas and the ozarks the ozarks <laughs> Um, we talked about Liam Gallagher earlier in the show. Uh, so there's a new story out, um, regarding his hip. So, uh, Liam Gallagher apparently needs a hip replacement and he is refusing to get it in his own words. I think I'd rather just be in pain. It's the stigma saying you've had your hips replaced. Uh, essentially hip replacements are for old people and that's why he doesn't want to do it. 
<laughs> really? Yeah. He, he needs his hip replaced because it's causing... He has like some sort of arthritis or something in his hips and it's causing him daily pain. But he doesn't want to do it because he doesn't want to tell people he's had his hips replaced because it's for old people. Well, just don't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, oh... That's Liam Gallagher for you. Gallagher. Oh, man, that's that's like I, I feel bad because it's like that would be that would be a lot of pain. <laughs> I feel like that would be terrible amount of pain. But it's his choice. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. It's his choice. But I I don't know. Like, how old is Liam Gallagher? Oh, he's got to be. Noel is like 50-ish, I think. So Liam's got to be late 40s, mid-40s. See, I feel like like you're still young, though. Yeah, but he his have you seen his posture on stage? He's always got his hands behind his back and leaning to his side, singing into the microphone. His posture is horrible. <laughs> oh, man. Like, I don't know. I think that's just such a terrible idea. <laughs> but... It's also funny because I can see that being a lame thing to say. Not, I don't want to be old. <laughs> um, in other news, Snoop Dogg, uh, we talked about this, uh, I think a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, uh, but he has plans to launch a new streaming service uh, just for music released by Death Row Records, which he took full control of earlier this year. He's planning to take all Death Row music off of other streaming platforms, such as Spotify, um, <clears throat> and putting it on his own streaming platform. Um, I think it's going to be actually called Death Row. Um, I don't know if he's going to change the name or not, but there will be a Death Row streaming service um, for Death Row music uh, only. So that is like Dr. Dre, Eminem, Tupac, um, mostly hip hop stuff, a lot of West Coast rap. Um but ultimately, it's because, you know, stream platforms don't really pay royalties, basically nothing mm. to the artist. So um, because he's in control of the whole freaking label and owns the whole thing, he's going to put it on his own streaming service, um, which I feel like this might be the precursor to every label has their own streaming service. Which will be such a pain in the ass. Because we sort of saw that with Netflix, right? Netflix was the the one show in town, and then you've got like the Amazon Prime Video, and then you got Hulu, and then HBO Max. Like they just started popping up, and like now every like Paramount has one. I yeah, feel and you like, can't yeah. you can't watch certain shows. Like that's what's gonna piss us off, especially like like with Spotify and Apple Music. I feel like are the two main competitors to each other, right? Maybe Google Play. Yeah. Maybe. But but still, like you're gonna get artists that are probably gonna be stuck well well they record with our studios, so they're only on our platform. So if mm -hmm. you want to listen to them, right? Which yeah. is gonna be so stupid. <sighs> I feel like that's what it's going to be though, right? That's sort yeah. of the natural progression of it. Cause uh I don't know. People... I'm gonna make a prediction here. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna go all into these separate, you know, music streaming services, mm -hmm. and people are gonna be so pissed off that we're gonna go back to pirating, and then you're gonna get LimeWire and all this <laughs> stuff popping up again. I like watch. Mark my words. Right. 
Yeah. As soon as you make it difficult for people to access stuff, it's they move to piracy because it's just that much easier. It's the okay. convenience factor, really. Absolutely. Anyways, uh, Death Row streaming service coming your way, uh, a la Snoop Dogg. Um, oh, uh, we talked about this a while ago, but it has been canceled. The Beatles Get Back uh, documentary has been uh canceled indefinitely it was going to be directed by peter jackson uh put on by disney uh it would appear on disney plus uh but basically it's been canceled and no uh, new date is set um so for those of you who uh pre-ordered that um and was expecting to watch that at some point this year it's just not happening it's not coming out (laughs) oh god i mean do we really need another beatles like documentary i feel like we don't the thing with this i i agree with you we there are so many of them out there like so many of them i think there's a documentary for just each individual member too (laughs) right but but i mean like the the thing with that uh, and and i know what's gonna happen they're gonna oh sorry it's not coming out anymore and then five years later they're gonna be like oh remember that video that wasn't going to come out. Well, this is a rare occasion that we're actually going to release it. That's like, it's just, the, it's a whole hype map magnet. That's all this is. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Uh, Julia, how's it going? Thanks for, for tuning in. Welcome to the chat. But yeah. Anyways, the Beatles uh, documentary Get Back is canceled. Uh, but there is a potential in the future that a Van Halen tribute tour will happen with Alex Van Halen on drums. Uh, the For some reason, retired David Lee Roth on vocals, so he's going to come out of retirement. And Joe Satriani on guitar. Uh, a bass player has not been confirmed, but uh, reports have said that Jason Newstead, uh, ex-bassist for Metallica, has been approached, uh, but uh, it's to believe that he has um, refused the offer. But... Alex Van Halen on drums, David Lee Roth on vocals, and then Satch on guitar. What do you think about Satriani as an Eddie Van Halen replacement or tribute? I feel like they probably were thinking, because there's the three of them. What, what, there's Joe Satriani, Steve Vai, and who's the other guy? I always forget the other guy's name. Uh, there's three of them? Yingve? Yeah. Malmsteen? Maybe. Oh, Paul Gilbert. Paul Gilbert. You're yeah. talking the G3. I feel like Paul Gilbert. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like Joe Satriani's the better choice. Joe I feel Satriani like could be... replicate what Eddie Van Halen sounds like tonally. Yeah, and do it well. I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd be interesting, but would you go see them on tour? I mean. I'd like to, I've always been a fan of Joe Satriani. Uh I would probably go see just because I got to see Joe Satriani and that's but okay. but I would also go see like I, I would like to see like Van Halen but but it's not you know everybody knows it's not going to be the same, right? Yeah. So maybe they should sue. Um yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> sorry. Sorry, Joe Satriani's in the band. This is bullshit. (laughs) Um, Anyways, moving on. Elton John has gone into the eyewear business. If you would like 
uh, a pair of Elton John glasses uh, to put on your face. Elton John eyewear was uh, released and designed by Elton John himself as and is currently being distributed through Sam's Club and Walmart. So he's mm. gotten into the prescription glasses market, which is hilarious <laughs> because Elton John's glasses are freaking out of this world. Yeah, they are definitely like, I can't see anybody using those for like, you know, office attire <laughs> at the office. Just these John Lennon, just sparkly freaking glasses. <laughs> oh, the, the prescription. <laughs> I mean, he's freaking on that DoorDash commercial, right? With the, Oh, that, that's such a, yeah, with Lil Nas X, that commercial is hilarious. I love that commercial. Uh, I thought it was funny when it first came out. I was like, oh, good for, good for Elton John. Yeah. You go spare a pound, spare a shilling. <laughs> so good. Oh. Um, in tech news, Spotify are looking to roll out a tip feature for people to donate to their favorite artist. They are calling it fan support. Ooh. I don't know how I feel about that. If you just like, like, what's what's the point of having like donate to your favorite? Donate to you too. <laughs> Just like they need money. Uh, I I feel like if you're gonna support a band, buy their goddamn album. <laughs> right? Don't don't just start like, you know, that's just my like even if you don't want a, the physical copy, buy it digitally, right? Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah. I don't know. Donate like I just oh, I don't know. There's so many of these services that you can just like donate like like what are you gonna do give the give the person two dollars i can only afford two dollars <laughs> here's a tony <laughs> right like like i just feel like like unless you're gonna give them like an ample amount of money like you know giving them like and and i understand the more people that sends them the dollar or the two dollars it adds up but i don't know i just feel like like i just don't know <laughs> yeah you would need like a lot of fans to like give a loony or a dollar for for it to be meaningful it's i don't know it's, hey guys uh... we made 15 bucks we could buy <laughs> we could buy lunch for one of us <laughs> um but yeah anyways fan support's going to be there Here, here's the thing if they implement this as sort of like um what's the thing uh like a patreon uh type of deal where you can subscribe uh on like a monthly basis and then you get like some sort of perk you get like you know vip video like private videos that never the public doesn't see or like you know access to like recording sessions or or a live stream or something if they implemented that way like a patreon type of thing i could see that mm -hmm. working or maybe like oh fund my upcoming album like a, a project basis we're trying to film this music video uh here's the goal five thousand yeah. dollars like if they did yeah. that way i could i could see it being useful but uh just having like a tip jar there it seems sort of strange like are you inclined when you're streaming music to like oh i like this song here's two dollars well i i 100 agree with you if it's like patreon because or patreon whatever you however you say it um at least you're kind of feeling like you're contributing a bit to like like even with like that movie super troopers i don't know if anybody have, has super seen it but troopers? the second movie it's all fan funded so the movie was made because they they set up like a i think it was like a gofundme thing 
but it was like whoever donates this amount of money gets this like gets a free video or whatever right mm-hmm. whoever does this like that like there's like different packages you can get right yep. and i know patreon works the same way like if you get you can get just the basic where you just want the basic content or you can get premium content but it but it kind of gives you a bit more of like an like you know like a connection to the mm-hmm. artist yeah or or whatever or that person you're you know you're sending the money to but i i, I agree i feel like the just the tip jar is just like because it's like when you go to the store like any like if i go to tim hortons now right i go to tim hortons and i buy a coffee like and then you're you're using your credit card it's just like do you want to tip 15 percent? it's like well Uh, why (laughs) right like like i feel like tipping is going into this whole like thing now where it's like every you need to tip everybody now which Mm -hmm which I, I, I disagree with, but I, yes, Chasing Dragonflies, Super Troopers is an amazing film, probably one of my top comedy movies. And the second one, I know a lot of people disagree with me, but I think it's just as good and it's super hilarious. Wow, I've never heard of this movie. Maybe if I see it, like the, the poster, maybe I'll recognize oh, it, but it is just from the name. Funny. It's, it's about a bunch of highway patrol cops and it's it's just like the shenanigans they get into is hilarious but the second one is funny because it was like the story is so out there but like the states end up selling or buying a piece of canada and it's 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 like policed by the rcmp so they're they're working with the rcmp like it's it's just hilarious it's so funny it is so funny but, Chasing Dragonflies yeah. wants me to watch it now. Hey, maybe we could do yeah. a watch party on on stream at some point. Mm. That'd be hilarious. I'd be down for that. I love that. Love Anyways, that. same team, Farva. It's <laughs> a, a quote I use a lot. Uh, okay, so we've gotten to the point where I'm a bit scared and a bit nervous about these topics, but uh, let's let's get um, let's get into this. Uh, so. There's two topics that I want to bring up that showed up in the news recently. Uh, the first one is a recent one uh, because Coachella actually happened this weekend. Um, but uh, Billie Eilish was one of the headliners at Coachella 2022 this year. Uh, she brought on stage with her Haley Williams of Paramore fame. And they did a rendition of one, Eilish's Happier Than Ever, uh, but more notably... Misery Business by Paramore was performed. So, uh, Eric, just to give you a bit of background, Misery Business, the song by Paramore, is probably the biggest Paramore song uh, that they've done. However, um, I think it was maybe, it's got to be like eight years, if not a decade ago, uh, Paramore decided that they are no longer going to perform this song due to the problematic lyrics um specifically the line once a whore you're nothing more so based on that line uh they just voluntarily decided that they're never going to perform that song uh again so uh that was sort of their stance on it because they found it problematic uh mm-hmm. however um Haley Williams as a solo artist uh you know showing up at a Billie Eilish concert doing that song struck me as a bit odd uh, Billie Eilish did end up singing that specific line, but censored out the word whore when singing it. So, Eric, I want to get your thoughts on this. Do you have a problem with bands who 
essentially censor themselves. Like they wrote this song a long time ago and they're not comfortable with it anymore and just don't perform it, even though it's their biggest song and everyone's just like, please play it. I do. Like, I don't have like a big problem with it, but I don't understand why it's a big deal because, and and hear me out on this, because I feel like we live in a world now where like anybody's able to express their opinion and actually like not get like completely challenged for it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like people, people for the majority of the people would actually listen and respect what your opinion is. And they may not agree. They may agree with you, but, but it's like, Hey, cool. Like that, that's, that's awesome. Good for you. Right. Right. Where I feel like with music, music is such an expressional art. Right. And, and it's just like, you know, and, and I don't see it how it's any different from any kind of like painting or drawing of, you know, like, you know, there's nudity and stuff like that. And that's fine. Right. And it's not considered pornography, essentially. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so I feel like art is this way to express ourselves freely in a way where it's, you, you know, that it's not, it's in a non judgmental way. state so i feel like even if you have certain words that are frowned upon nowadays like and and i'm guessing the word in question right now is whore it's the context of the 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 use of the word whore it's basically yeah it's basically slut shaming like the lyrics end up being uh, what is termed as slut shaming so once a whore nothing more I, i i don't remember this song I'll have to listen to it again to, to so actually remember good. it. So it's I can't, so I can't, I can't speak on behalf of what the song is, but I can say this: like, like there's a lot of songs with swearing and and whatever in it, but there's a message in the song that's being, you know, portrayed and sent out, and and I feel like that's what the artist was feeling at that time, and and I, and I don't see why it's a thing that where we have to cover that up because it's like. Yes, maybe that artist has gotten over that tragedy or or whatever, but I feel like it's still like the song is still relevant. Like people listen to songs all the time and they connect with it in in some different way, mm-hmm. right? Like and and it's it's amazing how many people connect with it. Like some songs are like ah, like I really like uh, you know my life is in shambles. My wife just left me. I really connect with this song. Other may people be like, I was just fired from work and I had like zero dollars financially, and I connected with the same song for a completely different reason, mm. right? And and I feel like that's the beauty of music. Right. So I I just don't see it's the interpretation. It's the it's the interpretation, but uh, right. but if you're censoring it, I I, I just don't think. That like whatever you do, I like I'm not completely against it. I should say I I just don't understand why right. you would censor it because you know that song was written for a reason, right? And and just because you add those big you know controversial words in the song, there's a reason why they're there. It's because it's to relay that message that the song's about. So right, yeah. My, my take on it is like Haley wrote that song when she was 16. Um, and you know, 15 plus years later, right. You don't re- relate to those lyrics anymore, which, which I get like, those are, that's a completely different, you know, lifetime ago. I would have preferred if the song, they just changed the line. 
like mm-hmm. you know to sort of reflect what they're feeling now rather than what it was back then um but whatever if they're not comfortable playing with the whole song then fine that's that's their choice my problem is it's weird that they she chose to perform the song of Billie Eilish now even though technically it is a band song under their own pretense so I don't, yes. I don't know that's the weird thing about and, it for me and and i get it too i i get it too because then you look at like eric clapton can't play tears in heaven anymore right yeah because it just it just too just tragic for him right but so i hmm uh Luton says paramore sold out fight me still mad about it. paramore sold out um that's what i was chuckling about earlier did they sell out they're definitely poppier i just think they got worse as a band as soon as the pharaoh brothers left <laughs> I, I don't i honestly don't it's think it's so true i don't think it's, it's about so selling true. out in their case i think they just got worse as a band like they the they definitely did part of the songwriting group of that band left and like it it just wasn't the same after that like yeah sure there's their style changed but like i think that was just the natural progression once people leave the band and it just wasn't Mm -hmm. as good i think that's sort of my take on it anyways um okay cool so we survived that one but eric um oh this is the big one (laughs) that was mild compared to this one okay so I, I have to say, I'm pretty proud of us because, again, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what these topics are until I get on the show. And just seeing how we have two controversial statements with what Cam thought that we were actually going to have for these topics we're discussing right now. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty impressive. OK, uh, so I don't know what this organization is, but I think they're pretty big. The Professional Audio Manufacturers Alliance, PAMA. Uh, and I'm just reading their their news uh, bulletin here, has identified outdated language and terminology issues um, in the use of professional audio equipment or professional audio community. So essentially what this organization has come out with is uh, a lot of, I guess, equipment or audio uh, terminology that we currently use are either embedded in racism or sexism and what they want to do is basically just rename things so that they're they're more neutral in their nomenclature. Uh, so, Eric, just to give you a few examples of what they want to change, uh, and I'm sure you know some of these these terms, but um, the master and slave concept in audio engineering. So you have a master track, and then you have a slave bus. I think. You might be able to correct me on that because you know a bit more on that one. But mm-hmm. they feel like uh, terming, you know, music tracks as master and the slave uh, is is embedded in in racist uh, history. So what they want to rename it as is uh, leader in place of master and follower in place of slave. <laughs> I feel like you're thinking about what to say. Or you're just shocked that this is something that we're discussing. I mean, I don't know why (laughs) these things are called what they were, but at no time when I have learning, 
like when I when I was learning how to mix and record when we were recording as a band, there has been it was more so getting the equipment to goddamn work. That was the only thing going through my mind. Why isn't this working? Right? At no point in time have I ever thought about that. Right? I, I don't know. I'm going to keep it at that. Okay. The next one they want to replace is uh, male and female uh, components because we term a lot of equipment as male and female. So they want to replace uh, male with plug and female as socket. I mean, I get what you're saying. Like, (laughs) whatever. Sure. Why not? (laughs) To be honest, like when I was like, you know, in the younger days when I was learning about all this different equipment and stuff, male and female, to me, when someone's just like, oh, yeah, this is the male plug, this is the female plug, I was like, oh, that makes sense, you know? It, it, yeah, it, it's, it just totally, like, clicks in your yeah, brain. It clicks in my head. Right? And then I, I told, yeah. like, I think it was a year ago, maybe two years ago, I was explaining the same concept to my wife, and she's like, why is it named after human body parts? That makes no sense. And I was like, oh, yeah, well, why is because, it? Because, you know... <laughs> The male end plugs into the female end. So, like, I sort of get it. But if you're to... I don't know. The replacement is plug and socket. And to me, that is really confusing. I mean, I think they call it... Like, in England, I think they do call it a socket. Oh, do they? Maybe. Yeah. So, so like, like that one's not as bad because I, I... You know, I'm a huge fan of, like... I love accents. If anybody knows me personally, like I love listening to accents. And so I love listening to like the different nuances between how we speak English and how versus they speak English in England across the pond, as they say. But, but yes, I, I that, that one, that one just reminds me of just like an, a great Britain thing mm. to me. Yeah. Luton calls it a plug and socket. Really? I don't know. I don't know if I'm ever gonna be able to rewire my brain. Uh, but chasing like, I feel like that's that's a strong. North American thing. That's a, it is a definitely North American thing because I feel like in Europe they do call it a plug and a socket. Mm. So I feel like there's there's that that stuff. So like I I understand both, but like I I grew up with the male and female too as well because it was like it just made sense. I was like yeah. Chasing dragonflies thought. Her teacher was a perv for saying it. <laughs> That's hilarious. A um, few other things they want to change. Whitelist and blacklist. Uh, they want to replace that with inclusion list and exclusion list, which I guess that's fine. <laughs> um, sanity check, because um, the word check alone often conveys the same meaning. So you don't need to add sanity in front of it you could just call it a check which i guess um and then finally uh dummy they want to get rid of the word dummy uh instead use either fake mock stub or placeholder (laughs) i just you know what's gonna happen this you know they're gonna update all this recording like the digital audio software the DAW, as people say, they're going to update all this stuff for this new terminology, and I'm going to have no idea where anything is, and it's going to be like <laughs> day one again. What the hell? Where the hell isn't this working? I know. It's like, it's so difficult to do any sort of audio anything. Like, I'd rather do video production than audio. Like, audio is just such a freaking pain. 
I like, feel like after years, <laughs> just trial and error. And I feel like honestly, like, and people are probably going to laugh at me because we would like, we would spend hours, everybody, like we would literally spend maybe up to two hours trying to get an actual recording to happen without any sun or sort of weird sound coming through the damn take. And, and then it's like, well, we just wasted all our time, right? <laughs> Trying to get this freaking thing to work. Yeah. But I feel like I've spent so many years and yes, I could have, I could have paid somebody to teach me how to use it. Yes. Yes. I get it. But I just never in my mind have I ever thought of like, I, you know, any kind of racial or sexist thing like like i am just focused on recording music and making like content that sounds good that's all i cared about right and i feel like most artists feel the same yeah but i could be wrong anyways that's that's sort of uh what this group is pushing for to be more uh neutral in their nomenclature for audio audio terms I don't know. They're going to have to send me some sort of like, like, you know, cheat key that I can understand what this all means because now I'm going to have to learn these new things, which, which at the end of the day, if they change it, it is what it is, right? It is what it is. Yeah. But just give me something where I can look at a cheat sheet until I actually un- start understanding what yeah. these new, new things mean. So, yeah. I don't know. The the music industry takes so long to just like change anything, so it's gonna be like decades before anything happens. But yeah, I feel like it is gonna happen at some point. <laughs> oh man. Anyways, Eric, that was that was the last piece uh, of music news. We got through it uh, better than I thought. They we were. weren't as bad as I thought they were gonna be. <laughs> I was actually expecting something worse. When you were panicking at the beginning of the show, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> what are we talking about? Did I miss something in the news that's going on in the world? Did I, did I miss something? Yeah. But um, Wow, we're like way over time uh, at this part. Uh, Eric, your choice. Either we do the album review or we do Thief or Not a Thief. Let's do the album review. You want to do the album review? Okay. Perfect. Yeah. All right. So uh, this week we are going to be talking about the self-titled uh, album by the Velvet Underground and Nico. So uh, the Velvet Underground and Nico is the debut album by American rock band the Velvet Underground and German singer Nico. Released on March 12, 1967, it was pretty much ignored by everyone. Critics, fans, everyone. However, years later, it would become regarded as one of the most influential albums in the history of rock and pop music. Many describe it as the original art rock recorded. However, it served as the template of many subgenres of rock music. Um, Out of this album came punk, garage, shoegaze, goth, indie, and many more. Brian Eno, musician and famous uh, producer for U2, famously once said that the album only sold 30,000 copies in its first five years, but everyone who bought the album started a band. It ranked on Rolling Stone magazine's list of 500 greatest albums of all time at number 13, and in 2006 was inducted into the National Recording Registry by the Library of Congress. Eric, your thoughts on this album by The Velvet Underground and Nico? So this is the first time I'm actually listening to this album front to cover. Um, I have heard of Velvet Underground song before. 
And it's interesting that you say that because all these bands, like, it influenced, like, all these genres of music. And I can, I can kind of see that from this album. I can definitely see that. However, however, I thought that this album, like, I'm, I'm very unsure about this album. I thought it's very artsy, like, mm-hmm. like you know, like pinky up mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I just felt like it was all over the place. Yeah. It was all over the place. But that's where I could see all these genres, you know, being like, hey, that sounds really cool. I want to I wanna explore that a little bit more. There were only a couple songs that I actually really liked on the album. And, and I thought it was kind of like... The best way to describe this is the Beach Boys trying to find what genre of music they want to be as a band. <laughs> That's a pretty good description, actually. Like it was like it was literally like we want to try every single genre. Because we don't really know what we want to be as a band. <laughs> so we're going to play every genre for like every song is going to be a different genre, right. which I felt like the album fell flat. Like it kind of lost me a little bit mm-hmm. because I'd be listening to the first song Sunday morning and it reminded me of like typical Beach Boys, right? Yeah. Like I'm just like, oh, this is kind of like a happy, like it's going to be this kind of sounding album because usually the first song kind of sets the tone for what it's going to sound like. And then it just like the next song got kind of it just like changed the completely different course. I was like, "Oh, is it did I have it on shuffle accidentally?" <laughs> oh no, it's not on shuffle. It's the next song. Um I feel like this album as a whole doesn't work together in my mm-hmm. opinion. Like I feel like the songs work individually. Well, um there are some cool parts like I really liked uh Venus and Furs that's probably my favorite song on the album. I thought that was kind of cool. They had kind of had like that uh you, you know they, they used a lot of like the the major mode that's that's not commonly used. I think it's like Aeolian or yeah. whatever, but so I I I kind of dug that song, but I I just felt like the album like I'm unsure about it because I don't I don't know. There was no really underlying theme or or like, you know, genre that it stuck to. It was just like all over the place. Yeah. Luton, what genre is this album? Yes. It's a perfect description of this album. Um, for me, this is not the first time listening to this thing. Uh, in, my, in my youth, this was uh, on constant rotation for me. I used to listen to Velvet Underground, specifically this album a lot uh, growing up. Um, I think this album just hasn't aged well, right? Like this is Mm -hmm. definitely a precursor to a lot of things, whether you're talking about like grunge or garage bands, like, or punk music, like this is, this is the beginning of it before any of those genres or sub genres have established themselves. Um, so you sort of see little tidbits of like where something might go or where something came from. Cause like this thing was what 1967 when it was released. So this is like, you know, the only thing out here is like the Beatles pretty much, uh, in terms of like 
quote unquote rock music, right? You've got mm-hmm. sort of late career Elvis and then the Beatles in here because Sabbath's not out yet. There's no Led Zeppelin. The Yardbirds are like just starting. Like there really isn't anything in terms of the rock sphere um, that's not like firmly rooted in that sort of R&B, soul, blues uh, type of thing. So this album very much is a precursor to a lot of the the genres that would come after it. Um, so listening to this, I have a bit of nostalgia, rose colored or tinted glasses when listening to this, because I'm like, yeah, this is, this is a mood, but I do agree with you that this album is all over the place. It's just like, there's no anchor to it. There's no, you know, singular, singular idea here. It's just a bunch of just like, the way I sort of see it is that it's just one canvas and Lou Reed decide just to throw a bunch of paint, different color paint all over the canvas. And that's what came out on this album. Mm-hmm. Um, Lou Reed did, did write most of this album. There's only, I think three songs on here that there's co-writers with along with Lou Reed. Uh, so this is very much a, a Lou Reed thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of sonically, this album sounds like trash. There's like parts where, vocals are peaking like it's not even like there's instrumentation under it it's literally just the guitar and vocals and the vocals crack um Mm. parts are too loud there's like you know pings and tings and like all this garbage that's going on in the background uh the last song european sun is literally just noise (laughs) but in the last like three minutes um so it's very much an art piece uh for the time but there is some merit here in terms of like a music history lesson. This is definitely an album you really can't avoid because this is where a lot of things come from. So from that respect, you have to, you really have to forgive a lot on this album because the things that they are playing or creating just aren't established. Right. Yeah. And, and I completely agree with you and that's why I'm under like, I'm kind of undecided if I like it or not, but I, I, I understand its place because you have these bands like Black Sabbath and and stuff where all these genres kind of are branching off and they're probably listening to this album in yeah. their youth, right? Being like, this this sounds kind of cool. Like, I really like this. Like, I, I could see these bands, you know, gravitating to one song on the album. And really like being like, I really like how this sounds. Like that would be cool if we make a band just based off of this sound of this song. Mm. So I, I appreciate its history and and it and it definitely should be credited for its contribution. But as an, if we're talking about it as an album in its own, like mm. it just seems like you know, like I said, the Beach Boys <laughs> trying to find <laughs> trying to find their genre. Yeah, but. Yeah. For but sure. there were like a couple songs that I kind of like liked, right? Because like we like all sorts of genres, so like I could appreciate it. But as an album in its whole, like if we gave this to you know, you know, somebody who doesn't know music that just listens to music in its you know, in its popularity sense, then I don't think that they're gonna like this or get this at all. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, there's not too many like catchy hooks on this album. I would say, mm-hmm. yeah. There's some um, cool stuff going on though. Like I thought that there was some interesting stuff that they played with and it's definitely an experimental album, which you don't see in this time period. Yeah. A yeah, lot. For sure. Right. So Yeah. Uh all right, perfect. Eric, final thoughts, ratings. Let's let's get this over with. 
personally, I'm going to give it a 6.5 out of 10. Ooh. 6.5. There's a, there's a bunch of songs that I liked. Overall, I thought it was produced pretty well. Like, like I, I didn't see any problems with any production or anything. Um, I just feel like for the, for the average person listening to music as a, in a popularity sense, I, f- I feel like that they're, they're definitely not going to like this at all. Right. Um, funnily enough, I'm sitting in the same spot you are, 6.5. As much as I enjoy listening to this album and I sort of have that sort of nostalgic feeling for this album because I do like it, I think on its own, it just it's just not good enough. It, it mm. On its own, it doesn't stand the test of time um, because a lot of the stuff that they're doing just ends up being better later on um it's it's a very experimental album but um it is worth listening to i think at least once to understand where where certain things come from whether it's like a pearl jam or whoever it may be a led well probably not led zeppelin but because they plagiarize everything but um (laughs) you know all these like even the cure right without the velvet underground the cure doesn't exist you know, mm-hmm. Pet Shop Boys don't exist. Like, there's there's a bunch of bands that don't exist because without uh, the Velvet Underground. So, just from that alone, it's it's worth the listen. But uh, yeah, I'm certain the same boat at six point five. Uh, all right, perfect. So that was our uh, review of the self titled album uh, by the Velvet Underground and Nico. Uh, for those of you following along with us every single week, the album that we are going to be listening to and reviewing is Crisis of Faith by Billy Talent. So, game back Alrighty. into the rock, which will be fun. Yes. Yes, it will. All right. Perfect. That was our show. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in here at twitch.tv slash the Crossroads Music Podcast. We're streaming here every single Monday. However... There's a slight change in scheduling. Uh, We will be back not this coming Thursday, but uh, next Thursday. uh, So we're switching to our Thursday schedule. And after that, we are going on a bit of a uh, hiatus uh, because we need to take some time off after that. So um, I'll have the calendar updated tonight. But thanks, everyone, for tuning in here. Uh, If you're listening to us on Spotify, Apple Music, come join us on the live stream and come yell at us. Uh, Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Luton, Chasing Giant Flies. Have a good night, everyone. Uh, Eric, closing thoughts, closing statements before we wrap everything up. Live long and prosper, my friends. 